Thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you watching our broadcast. And thank you once again for all of you that communicate with us, telling us how much you're learning and how much you're receiving from the teachings that you hear and watch each and every week. I'm Jerry Savelle, as you well know, and I am thrilled to be able to bring to you today more teaching on expecting the goodness of God in your life. Now today, I'm going to take you into a service out at Eagle Mountain Church, where I was preaching with Brother Kenneth Copeland and a number of other speakers, and we are continuing to talk about expecting the goodness of God in your life. You know, I'll read something to you from Psalm 21 and verse 4. The message translation, uh, here David is talking about the goodness of God in his life. He's thanking God for all the good things that he's experienced. And one of the uh, verses, verse seven from the message translation says this, you pile blessings on me. I love that. You pile blessings on me. That's what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to be able to tell everybody you come in contact with, did you know God piles blessings on me? Amen. You know, God wants you to feel like that you must be his favorite child because he's so good to you. That's the way I feel, and that's the way you should feel as well. So begin to expect the goodness of God manifesting in your life like never before. This is the year for it. It's going to be a tremendous year, a year of abundant overflow, a year of the goodness of God pouring out on you and causing your life to be better than you've ever known it before. So watch now as I begin teaching this again, expecting the goodness of God is going to be a blessing to you. Isaiah chapter 60, beginning in verse 1, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Isaiah, and I'm, I'm just going to read some things from my notes here. Isaiah foresees a time when Israel will arise out of her darkness and shine with God's glory. It will act as a magnet and draw the Gentiles, the non-believers, to them. Where there seemed to be no hope, suddenly hope arise. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. Where there seemed to be no hope, suddenly because of this prophetic word, hope has arisen. Darkness symbolizes evil and it always is descriptive of the works of Satan. And notice the land was covered with darkness. Sounds like today, doesn't it? And also notice that the people were experiencing what he described as gross darkness. There's a lot of gross people in the world today. <laughs> gross darkness symbolizes being outrageously bad, evil, reprehensible, deplorable, crude, and vulgar. Sounds like the days in which we're living. Who would have ever thought that we'd see such a day as what we're living in right now? 
Paul described it in Romans 11:28 as a reprobate mind. There are a lot of reprobate minds in our government today. And I don't think God's going to tolerate it much longer. I was uh, in one of our services here recently at our church over in Crowley on the south side of Fort Worth. And I wasn't preaching that morning. Our pastor was preaching. I was just in the audience and, and uh, they were in the praise and worship. And I had my hands lifted, just worshiping God. And right at the end of it, I saw people going insane, absolutely insane. They had their back to me. I couldn't see their faces, but I sensed very strongly three in particular were leaders in government and they were women. So uh, don't be surprised over the next few months that some people in government are going to go insane. They already are. It's just going to manifest. Reprobate minds. That's what we're dealing with. Now, reprobate mind means without moral scruples. Depraved and perverted. That's what's in our land today. That's why I told you, hang on to the fact that after this prophetic word that Isaiah gave, hope began to arise. It's not over, folks. God is going to have the final say. The Bible says from the writings of the Apostle Paul, where sin abounds, grace does much more. He will never allow Satan to have the final say. So just hold on. Look to your neighbor and say, don't lose hope. God's got everything under control. Now, the darkness here described in Israel during Isaiah's time is very similar to what happened to the children of Israel in Egypt when they were in bondage to Egypt. Just before it was time for their deliverance, the darkness was so thick that they could actually feel it all around them. And I'm not talking about just physical darkness, but spiritual darkness as well. And remember that God had promised them deliverance and he did. God is never going to allow Satan to have the final act or the final say. Now in Exodus chapter three, verse 21, it says, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty or empty handed. So notice God retaliated by showing his people favor. Amen. Now favor is synonymous with goodness. The goodness of God came on the scene. Hold on to that. The goodness of God came on the scene. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 36 and the Lord gave the people favor and they spoiled or stripped the Egyptians. Now, if you have your Bible there, turn to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. And what I've been endeavoring to do is to show you that history is about to repeat itself. Exodus chapter 18. Verse 
The latter part of verse 8, Moses is talking to his father-in-law Jethro and telling him how God had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And verse 10 says, And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrificed for God. Now, I want to take a look at this for a moment. He said, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. For the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. Now I know the Lord is greater than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. God is about to arise above all this junk that is going on in our nation today. And particularly with certain parties who think they control everything. They don't control me. They don't control you. Amen. And thank God we walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you, sir, for teaching me how to walk by faith 52 years ago, and it's still working. In fact, I have just come off the absolute finest year I've ever had in 52 years. The Lord said to me, while Brother Copeland and I were flying to Australia, he said, it's going to be a year of supernatural increase beyond anything you've ever experienced before. Talking about 2020. And it has certainly been that. I've never had a year like it. Greatest year financially I've ever had. Not only that, a 20 year dream came to pass in the middle of a pandemic. My Falcon 50 arrived, 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 hallelujah. I've been believing God for that airplane for 20 years. I've sold airplanes for it. I've sold into other ministries in their aviation department for it. And who would have thought that it would manifest in what most of the world was calling worst of times, it turned out to be my best of times. And I want to give God praise for it. Anybody help me? Let's give God praise. And you know what? I've heard from the Lord that it's going to be even better this year. History is about to repeat itself. God's goodness is going to be poured out in an unprecedented way in our lives and in our ministries this year like we've never experienced before. I want you to lift your hands and thank God in advance for it. Thank God in advance for it. Amen. Now, going back to Isaiah, in verse 4, it says, Lift up thine eyes and see. Lift up thine eyes and see. I believe that's got a twofold meaning, but the one I want to focus on is look through the eyes of your spirit. Don't allow what you see in the natural to control you or to dictate your faith. Look Lift up your eyes and see. 
See what God is about to do in the spirit realm. And if you get your eyes on what he's about to do in the spirit realm, then nothing that is happening in the natural realm will disturb you whatsoever. Amen. Now, I don't suggest that you watch the news all the, all the time, but if you do, and yet you know what's going to happen in the spirit realm, it won't disturb you at all. It'd be like water off a duck's back. Amen. So I encourage you, lift up your eyes and see what God has planned in the spirit realm. We're headed for unprecedented, an unprecedented outpouring of God's goodness. Now, in verse uh, 4, along with the King James, look up thine eyes, the message translation just simply says, look up. The message says, keep your eyes on Jesus, for Hebrews 12, 2. The Amplified says, look away from all that will distract. Psalm 105, verses 4 and 5 says, from the message translation, keep your eyes open for God. Wait and watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. You know, I've heard numerous people say over the last several weeks, even before, you know, the uh, inauguration and so forth. What I'm watching on TV is so depressing. It upsets me and stresses me out. I simply answered like the doctor who told the man when he said, doc, every time I raise my hand up like this, it hurts. And the doctor said, well, don't do that. <laughs> don't watch it. I'm surprised at the number of Christians that spend all their time watching CNN. My Bible does not say faith cometh by watching CNN. There is something that cometh, dread, fear, worry, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Still does, by the way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So we're admonished here to lift up our eyes and see, see beyond what is taking place in the natural realm. Something good is about to happen to me. <laughs> As Oral Roberts would always say, something good is going to happen to you. Say it with me. Something good is going to happen to you. Hey, hey Ben. Now, Psalm 27, go there for a moment. Psalm 27. Look at verse 13, David speaking. I had fainted or I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Another translation says, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. David said, I would have fainted. If I had not believed 
that I was going to see the goodness of the Lord, then what I was seeing in the natural would have been too overwhelming and I would have fainted. I would have lost heart. I would have become discouraged. But he says, unless I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord. So that means he made the right choice. He did believe to see the goodness of the Lord. And I want to challenge you to do that this morning or this afternoon rather. Make the quality decision. I learned that from Brother Copeland. I'd never heard of the phrase quality decision till I met him. One day I got to ask him, what do you mean by quality decision? He said, a decision you'd stake your life on and not turn back. Make a quality decision today, right now, during this meeting, that I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord. Say it with me. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to go to another verse, Psalm 31, just a few pages over. Look at verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Notice there's two parts to that. There's goodness that has already been wrought and there's goodness that's laid up. The goodness that's already been wrought is what we've already experienced. The goodness that's laid up is what is waiting for us. We haven't experienced it yet. Paul picks up on this and says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. There are things that you and I have not seen, heard, or even conceived in our hearts that God has already prearranged, made ready, waiting for us. And I believe 2021 is a year in which we're going to tap into it like never before. Amen. Amen. Now, I've said this for years. Many of you have heard me say it. I don't know why I'm God's favorite child. I just am. (laughs) That's the way he makes me feel. And you should feel the same way. I know he's no respecter of persons, but I am his favorite child and you do come a close second. Okay. (laughs) God has been good to Jerry Savelle. Oh, has he been so good to Jerry Savelle? Brother Copeland knew me way back. When? (laughs) I didn't have two quarters to rub together. And if I'd have had two, I owed one of them to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn and I came here with nothing but a heart full of faith. I fed on his reel-to-reel tapes day in and day out. First three months of my conversion, the Lord told me to shut my business down. I own an automotive business. Shut the business down and spend the next three months, no less than eight hours a day, studying the Word of God. And I did that. And what I had to study was his messages that he preached at Life Tabernacle 
reel-to-reel tapes, the message on each side, and he referred to Kenneth Hagin quite often about what he'd learned from him and Oral Roberts and so forth. And as soon as I was able, I got in a Kenneth Hagin meeting. Somebody sent a card to my post office, uh, to my mailbox. I don't know how it came. I don't know why I got it. I was certainly not on Kenneth Hagin's mailing list. I'd never heard of the man until I heard Brother Copeland mention him. But a card came in the mail that said, Kenneth Hagin will be in Tyler, Texas on a certain date. I told Carolyn, we got to be there. If Kenneth Copeland listens to Kenneth Hagin, we got to listen to Kenneth Hagin. And went there and found out that everything I learned from Kenneth Copeland, he got it from Kenneth Hagin. Brother Hagin told him one time, Kenneth, the least you could do is change the titles. He said, I'm not going to do it. They're anointed too. <laughs> but see, I didn't know Kenneth Hagin. I knew Kenneth Copeland. I knew of him. And the message he preached changed my life. And then I went and heard Kenneth Hagin. And he preached the message of faith. And I'm telling you, it just took me to another level. I remember standing at the back of that room. Now, there's a little hotel in Tyler, Texas, didn't hold over a hundred people and it's packed out. Carol and I confessed all the way over there. We're going to have a front row seat. We got there and the man came to the door and he said, I'm sorry, there, there are no more seats available. The place is full. I said, no, you don't understand. We got to have a front row seat. He said, I'm sorry, son. There are no seats left. There are no chairs left. And we just stood there and he walked off. And then another guy came up and said, uh, you guys want to come into the service? I said, yes, that's what we came for. He said, I just found a couple of more chairs. If you don't mind, we'll put them on front of the front row. I said, that's God. <laughs> I not only got to hear Kenneth Hagin, I got to watch every move he made. I come home thinking, if it's the way Kenneth Hagin is combing his hair, I'm going to change mine tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. I, I heard things that agreed with what I'd heard from Kenneth Copeland. And it changed my life. And from that moment, I began to feed my spirit no less than eight hours a day for three months, the word of faith. And of course, I heard the call of God watching Oral Roberts in 1957 on television, but I didn't do anything with it. I ran from it. But after... I surrendered my life to the Lord in 1969. I wanted, I wanted everything I could get from Oral Roberts. And he had a primetime TV special back in those days. And I'd watch him. And uh, one time he, he, he ended his program with, I've just written a brand new book. It's called The Miracle of Seed Faith. He said, if you'll write to me and ask for it, I'll send it to you free and postpaid. I hollered at Carolyn, here's one we can afford. Get the address. <laughs> and uh, she wrote the address down. We, we ordered that book and I consumed it. I learned from Oral Roberts how to make God my source of supply. Hallelujah. And it changed my life. Amen. Now, I have not left those basic principles in 52 years. I'm still acting on the same things I learned in 1969, the very first time I heard it. The world has changed, but the Word of God hasn't. 
The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Amen. I'm still watching what I say. Uh, a person said to me well, not too long ago, Brother Jerry, I was preaching on that. She said, do you mean to tell me we got to go back to watching what we say? I said, lady, why'd you ever stop? <laughs> this is not like algebra, folks. You can just learn it, pass the test, and be done with it. You're going to need this for the rest of your life. Amen? And boy, if it's never been more important than right now, I don't know when it has been, put a guard over your mouth. Amen. God is about to pour out His goodness on His people as never before. Today's special offer, the Expect God's Goodness Package, contains Jerry Savelle's brand new three-part CD series, Expecting the Goodness of God in Your Life, his inspiring book, Expect the Extraordinary, and his revealing book, Experiencing More of God's Presence and Power. In this package, Jerry teaches how you can walk in favor with God, how to receive God's goodness, how to see beyond your circumstances, and God's plan for abundance. Develop a faith that isn't moved by what you see, what you hear, or what you feel. Become completely convinced that God's goodness is on the way. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Expect God's Goodness special package. God is good and is the source of good. Order now to discover the life that God desires for you, expecting His goodness. Were you blessed today by the teaching? If you were, then I want to encourage you to join with me again next week because we're going to continue this study, expecting the goodness of God in your life. Let me read something to you from Exodus chapter 34. The latter part of it, it says, the Lord is abundant in goodness. The Lord is abundant in goodness. Uh, another translation talks about he abounds in goodness. And the word abundant implies more than an adequate supply. That means that God can pour out his goodness on my life. He can pour out his goodness on your life. And he still has an adequate supply for every member of the body of Christ. So you might be asking, will he do that for me? Well, if you're a member of the body of Christ, then praise God, he has more than enough goodness to include you. So begin to expect it. Amen. Before I leave the air, let me remind you of our special resource package, Expecting the Goodness of God in Your Life. Three CDs, powerful messages that I know will take your faith to another level. And then Expect the Extraordinary, a little book that I wrote sometime back that you can read in, a, in just maybe a couple of hours or less, and it will cause you to begin to expect extraordinary things from God to take place in your life. And then once again, experiencing more of God's presence and God's power. You know, I, I, I give these titles uh, about expectancy because that's what's needed if you're going to experience God's best in your life. Now, I have this attitude. If God didn't intend for this to happen in my life, then he shouldn't have put it in my copy of the book because once I find it out, then I begin to expect it and you should too. Order these resources right now and we'll get them to you as soon as possible. Join me again next week. We're going to continue talking about expecting the goodness of God. I'll see you then. 